0: That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Have a jazz question that needs answering? Well, then give us a call on our podcast questions hotline at 910 LJS Cast. That's 910 557 2278. Leave us a voicemail with your jazz question and you may just hear it answered on a future lgs podcast episode. That's 910 LJS Cast. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent, and you're listening to the LJS Podcast. LJS Podcast is the podcast where you get weekly jazz tips interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. So I want to welcome you today, whether you're listening from our home base at LearnJazzStandards.com or you're listening from iTunes or YouTube or any other podcast listening service, I want to welcome you and thanks for taking the time out of your day to tune in with us. And on today's episode 48, a very interesting topic we're talking about today, and that is why you should stop practicing now. If you've been listening to this podcast or been following our blog on LearnJazzStandards.com for any amount of time, we spend all of our time talking about what you should practice, how you should practice, and how to become a more efficient practicer so you can become a better jazz musician. So this might be kind of a funny uh, message to send about not practicing, but I really do believe there are certain instances where it is better not to practice. and and maybe to stop practicing for a period of time. So uh, looking forward to talking to you about that today. Uh, But before we go on, I I just want to say, if you're listening to this show on iTunes, I want to ask a special request from you. Would you consider leaving us uh, a a nice review on iTunes? That would really help us out. Uh, Every little bit helps. And so if you listen on iTunes, go to iTunes, rate the show, and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Okay, now last week on the LJS podcast, we introduced a new segment called Ask LJS. And Ask LJS, what it is, is users call in to our podcast questions hotline and ask a jazz question and the question is could be asked on a future LJS podcast episode. And we had a great question uh, last week, and this week we've got another question, but before we dive into that question, if you want to ask a question on the LJS podcast, all you have to do is call 910 Cast, or that's 910-557-2278. Leave us a voicemail with your jazz question, and it could be answered on a future episode. Okay, so without further ado. Here is today's question on Ask LGS. My name is William from Ohio. Uh, What are some ways that you can practice sight reading and what is the importance of sight reading? Awesome question, William from Ohio. Thanks so much for calling the LGS Podcast Questions Hotline. Really appreciate the question. I think it's a great question to ask because I think sight reading is actually something that's important for any style of music, not just jazz. It's something that everybody should work on to a degree. And depending on what instrument you play, it may be uh, more or less natural. For example, a horn player, they're used to playing in bands and reading music and playing in big bands and groups. And piano players, you know, reading music kind of was how you learned to play piano. Usually, it's very traditional to learn reading out of books and learning how to play and read music right away. For guitar players, they tend to be kind of the most guilty of not being able to read very well. I think that uh, it has a lot to do just traditionally how the instrument is taught, unless, of course, that you're, you're a classically trained guitar player, then that's a different story. Uh, but for me personally, I, I'm not the world's greatest sight reader. I tend to get by in my professional environment what I need to uh, accomplish, but it's still something that I'm working on and trying to get better at. It's not something I would call a strong suit. So like I said in last week's episode, if I don't know the answer to a question, or I don't feel like I'm 100% an authority on a question, I will find someone who is. So that's exactly what I did this week for you, William. Uh, I called up some of my friends who are expert sight readers. One who does lots of musical theater stuff can read about anything you throw in front of them, and also a drummer who can read any rhythm you throw in front of them as well. And they were saying a bunch of different things. You know, first of all, sight reading—you have to be, you know, focusing on a lot of things at once. You know, you're focusing on pitch rhythm, articulation, and phrasing all over a pulse at once. So the first thing you really wanna hone in on is working on rhythm and recognizing rhythms because that's the most visual aspect of the reading and that's gonna come up time and time again and whether you know the notes or not on your instrument as related to the music is one thing, but if you can't nail the rhythms, it's gonna throw everything off, right? So really focus on rhythm and make sure you know the notes and the key signatures that are familiar for your instrument, right? You wanna be able to just see any key signature and understand automatically how to translate that to your instrument, so you wanna focus on that. And then as far as it pertains to jazz, you wanna focus on eighth note lines with accidentals. That's something you're gonna see time and time again in jazz, so you're gonna really wanna uh, be looking for those things and familiar familiarize yourself with that kind of music. Now, the one thing that I would say personally from my experience when whenever I've worked on reading And what my friends seem to uh, also support as well is that the only way to really become better at sight reading is just by reading lots and lots of music. And not by regurgitating the music, like not reading the same music over and over again. You want to listen to lots of, uh, or rather read, (laughs) lots of different music so that you're not really becoming familiar. Because at some point, if you keep reading the same piece of music over and over again, it really just becomes memorization, right? So you want to keep spreading it out and reading lots and lots of different music and eventually what happens is you start getting familiar with the way things look like instead of you know reading out words in a sentence you know like how are you doing oh how h-o-w you know you don't want to read that sentence you just want to kind of look at it and know what it says and that's the same thing when you're reading music you kind of see two or three bars and all of a sudden, you kind of just know automatically what it says, and that's kind of what happens when you just read lots of music. So that's really the key: read lots of music. And really quickly, why is it important? That was the second part of your question. Well, it helps you get more gigs for one, right? Because if you can, uh, you know, read other people's music, you know, they want to bring original music to the gig, and you can just read it and nail it. That's great, and. Depending on what instrument you play, like if you're a horn player, you know you could get into all kinds of different bands by just being uh, a great reader. So there's a lot of things to be said for reading or, or recording session gigs, things like that. And so that's what I would say the main benefit in a jazz scenario would be for becoming a great sight reader. So great question, William. Thanks for asking. And if you want to join William in asking a question on the LJS podcast, again call nine one zero LJS cast or that's 910-557-2278. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into our main event, our main topic today, which is why you should stop practicing. Why you should stop practicing, now that is a very funny, strange thing to say to any musician who's trying to improve. Because on this podcast, all we talk about is practicing, how to become a better practicer, how to be more efficient practicer so you can become a better jazz musician, and what you should be practicing. We even have a course called 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing, which is all about practicing. So why would I tell you now to stop practicing? Well, I'm here to tell you that stopping practicing, not indefinitely, not forever, but for a while, for a period of time of time can be one of the healthiest things that you've ever done for your jazz playing, for your musicianship in general. Now, I've written a blog post about this about a year ago, and so in the show notes today, I'm going to leave a link for that if you'd rather do some reading on this. So go to learnjazzstandards.com, podcast in the top menu, and find this episode 48 so you can see that link, so you can view the show notes. And so, I'm going to basically be giving you three different reasons or scenarios when you should stop practicing. Now, if you've ever considered stopping practicing for a few days, for a week, for even an extended period of time, you probably felt a sense of guilt about it. You know, it's, it's usually accompanied by this sense of guilt, this idea of stopping practicing. You know, you feel lazy, you feel uninspired, you don't feel like facing the challenges of the instrument for that day. You know, we've all been there. Uh, But there are particular cases where it can be incredibly good to stop practicing. So I'm here to tell you that stopping your practice sessions may be one of the best things you've ever done for your playing. Okay, so number one, here's a scenario for stopping practicing. And that is because practicing is causing you stress. This is probably the number one reason why you should take a break from practicing for a while. If you find yourself constantly frustrated while you're practicing, always on edge, You should probably stop. You know, music does not equal stress. Music should be equaling fun. So if the fun is being lost in your practicing, if you're not enjoying music anymore, you should probably take a step back. You know, sometimes as musicians, we can take practicing and becoming better too seriously and we can kind of lose sight of the reason we started playing music in the first place. Uh, you know, I personally, I've, I spent a long time what I call stress practicing, uh, taking jazz too seriously, uh, practicing, practicing for hours on end, I would get frustrated, I would always feel like I wasn't improving fast enough, enough and, you know, started placing these, you know, ridiculously high expectations of myself, these unrealistic expectations. And, and the result is eventually you burn out, you know, your mind and your body just can't Handle that stress that's being heaped upon you, and you forgot why you even were playing music in the first place. So, if your stress levels are high, you feel like the fun has left the practice room, take some time off, okay? Really seriously consider taking some time off, and you'll be surprised how good it feels when you come back to your instrument. I know for me that's happened many times where, uh, you know, especially as a professional musician like I am, you know, when I take some time just to step back, not play my instrument for a little bit. And then when I come back to it, to a gig or a jam session, or even the practice room again, I'm always surprised by how refreshed I feel and how new everything seems. So if music is stressing you out, if your practicing is stressing you out, take a break. There's nothing to feel guilty about. It could be a really good thing for you. Okay. So the number one, if practicing is causing you stress stop practicing for a while. Now, number two is if you are over practicing. You know, I find it interesting how so many musicians believe that the more time they spend practicing, the better they will get. It really is a common misconception. But the most important thing about your practice sessions is that they are quality practice sessions, not that they're long practice sessions. In fact, uh, I found that the longer I practice, uh, the more Productivity kind of just goes out the window. You know, I'm not really getting the most out of my practice session the longer I go. Now, there's there's some times where I'm in a really inspired moment where I could practice for hours and hours and hours, and you know, still get a lot out of that. But for the most part, you know, my first hour is really the most efficient hour I have, and after that, it kind of falls on the wave side. So, if you're over practicing, consider stopping practicing for a while or just toning it down, just limiting yourself to a certain amount of practice time. I also find that over practicers can become stress practicers because when you're practicing too much, you get kind of obsessed, uh, you get super involved, and you start feeling like the the amount of time, the amount of effort you're putting into practicing isn't reaping the results that you thought it was. You know, maybe you thought it's gonna double my practice. Uh, results, tripled my practice results. Well, they might start feeling like, well, I'm putting all this effort in and I'm not really feeling it. But the reality is that becoming a better jazz musician, a better musician in general, it takes time. You know, it takes a while for things to sink in. So over-practicers can become stress practicers. And also, they end up flooding their brains with information that just kind of seeps out. So I, I would suggest taking some time off, a day or two, or even a week off, there's nothing wrong with that. And and like I said, when I come back to my instrument after a time like that, uh, I'm surprised at how refreshed I feel. And and a weird thing about this too is giving some some space or some time between the things that you've practiced is sometimes it's almost as if it takes a little bit for that information to seep into your brain. Whereas if you just keep piling things on top of it, uh, it kind of almost paralyzes you a little bit. So, Taking some extra time if you're over-practicing can be a really, really good thing to do. Hey, everybody. Just taking a quick break from today's show to talk to you about our e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. You know, I get emails almost every day from jazz musicians asking the questions, what do I practice and how do I practice? They know where they want to be in their jazz playing. They know how they want to sound. They're just not exactly sure how to get there. And that's why me and the LGS team have created our new e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing is an audio e-course that brings you through 30 days of focused, goal-oriented practicing, where you're gonna be working on things that will actually improve your jazz playing. This course is designed for all instruments and for all skill levels and is really great for anybody looking to practice with purpose and to make real improvement in their jazz playing. If you want to learn more about this e-course, go to learnjazzstandards.com 30 days. That's learnjazzstandards.com 30 days. I hope to see you in the course. All right, now the last one I want to talk about, number three, is to not practice, to stop practicing because you're not ready to practice, okay? You are not ready to practice, therefore, you actually shouldn't even start practicing. Let me explain. Have you ever caught yourself at a practice session just noodling mindlessly on your instrument and doing nothing of value? Well, I certainly know I have. What you're doing isn't practicing. Let's be clear about that. It's noodling. You're just noodling. playing stuff and not really focusing on what you're doing. There's no goal at hand. There's no productivity in mind. So while it's perfectly healthy, I think, to spend some time with your instrument and just playing around, it's separate from the concept of practicing. And practicing needs to have intention in it. It needs to have some sort of direction and an aim for some progress. So if you're not really sure what you're going to practice, uh, if you're just Uh, going to practice for practice sake, again, this guilty feeling of I need to practice, uh, so therefore I should practice, but you don't actually know what you're gonna practice, you don't know what you're going to work on, what your intention is for doing it, then maybe you shouldn't practice at all. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, um, but maybe consider just not practicing if you're not in the mood to do it, uh, if you're not clear-minded about what you should be doing, then just take a step back and maybe consider not practicing for that day. Basically, if you haven't set yourself up for success in your practice session for that day, if you haven't set up goals, if you haven't uh, created a clear objective for yourself, then just don't get started at all. And again, also, if you're just not in the mood to do it, then it's almost better that you not do it at all until you can figure out a reason for why you're actually going to practice. So number three, it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. But if you're not ready to practice, stop practicing, or rather, don't even start at all. Now, really quickly, just to close out this episode, what are some alternatives to practicing? You know, maybe you decided I'm I'm not going to practice uh, because. I'm too stressed out, which was number one, or number two, I'm over-practicing, so I need to take a rest for a second, and number three, I'm just not ready to practice. I don't feel motivated or I don't have an actual plan for practicing. So what are some other alternatives that you could do? Well, there's really two good ones, and the first one is just to listen to jazz, okay? Just listen, because uh, as I've said many times before in this podcast, I think listening is actually one of the best practicing Things you can do, but it doesn't involve your instruments. So just listen to jazz. Now, also, if you don't feel like practicing, another great thing to do is just to go out and jam. Set up a jam session with a buddy. Go to a public jam session. Uh, maybe if you have a gig, obviously go to your gig. Uh, so play with others because jazz is a social music. That's the best way to learn how to play, anyways, is to actually go out and play. So, if you don't feel like practicing, try setting up a jam session instead. I mean, that's practicing, but it's kind of like a more social, fun side of practicing rather than that focused, I've got to work on the things that I'm not really good at kind of practicing. So, listen or go out and jam. All right, that's all for our show today. Thanks so much for listening and thanks for tuning in. And as always, if you'd like to add something to today's podcast episode, go to the show notes, which can be found at learnjazzstandards.com, podcast in the top menu, and find this episode 48. Leave a comment in the comment section below. This is a jazz community and we want to hear from you. And if you wouldn't mind, go to iTunes, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Just help our podcast out. Every little bit helps And remember, if you want to ask a question on the LGS podcast for our Ask LGS segment, go and call our podcast hotline. Call 910-LGS-CAST, or that's 910-557-2278. Leave us a voicemail, and we may include it on our next LGS podcast episode. Now, next week, we're coming out with episode 49. I'm looking forward to seeing you back then.